What can lay people do to help support pastors and other professional church workers? The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for May is holding up the prophet's hand, supporting church workers. You can purchase this new resource by calling Concordia Publishing House, 1-800-325-3040. Holding up the prophet's hand costs $12.99 plus shipping and handling, 1-800-325-3040. Or you can find out more about holding up the prophet's hand at issuesetc.org. They used to call it education, just education. What did it mean to be educated in the Western world? Well, it meant plumbing the depths of that civilization. It meant being able to think clearly, not just knowledge or facts, but being able to put those facts together to understand them, being able to debate, critical thinking, all of those things. They used to call it education. Now, you won't get that, by and large, from many educational institutions today. And this is something that disturbs Christians, and it really ought to. We have a a dog in this race because we have a word-based faith, because we have a text that is Holy Scripture, because God has given us our reason and senses, because he gives those as gifts not only so that we might hear and believe that word, but also so that we might serve our neighbor in love. Christians have a stake in good education. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. on this Memorial Day. It's the 28th of May. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to be talking about classical Christian education with Pastor Heath Curtis and Jocelyn Benson in the first hour. In the second hour of the program on this Monday, the first Pentecost, Dr. Arthur Just will be our guest. Pastor Heath Curtis is pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Warden, Illinois, and Zion Lutheran Church in Carpenter, Illinois. He's Latin and Greek teacher for Wittenberg Academy. Pastor Curtis, welcome back. Always good to be with you, Todd. Jocelyn Benson is head teacher for Wittenberg Academy. Jocelyn, welcome to you. Thank you. Good to be with you. Heath, how is it that uh, a classical model of education is the educational model that fits best with a overall Christian worldview? Well, as you uh, mentioned in your opening monologue, um, what we think of today as classical education is the Church's plan. You know, all through the uh, all through the late antique period, the Middle Ages, the Reformation, into the 19th century, uh, before the, uh, the the Great Revolution in uh, in uh, American psychology, especially that very much changed uh, the way school was taught. Classical education is that. Uh, ancient and medieval heritage that the Church shepherded from Athens and Jerusalem and Rome uh, into all Europe and then in the immigrations over to America. So it simply is the form of education in which the Church uh, grew up and uh, had the the high points of its uh, theology and uh, the high points of its development all through uh, what today some historians call the Age of Faith, from uh, Constantine to the time of the Reformation. Jocelyn, if you were going to explain classical education to someone who had never heard about it before, how would you explain it? Well, I would say that classical education um, is is a, a process 
of of being trained, um, just as as uh, we are trained um, from from early on in in many different things. Um, many times we think of uh, the trivium. Um, we think of grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Um, we think of uh, tools for learning, and not necessarily a, a siloed way of thinking about things. In classical education, um, we think about things as a whole, um, and and I believe, as as Pastor Curtis uh, mentioned, that that this is the way that we um, are are taught to think uh, in 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 the church, um, in as a way of of learning um, that. That our faith is not uh, separate from life. Um, faith is life, and and that's how. If if I was to describe classical education, um, I would I would say that it is it is a way of thinking of things as a whole um, through through a, a series of of trainings. Talk about the change, uh, if you would, Pastor Curtis, that you mentioned briefly in your first response. You talked about with the advent of modern psychology, um, the whole approach to education. Education as a, as a human enterprise itself radically changed. What did psychology have to do with it? How did it change? Well, there's a famous uh, fellow named Piaget, a, a French psychologist, and he was the, uh, I'm not sure he was the first, but if you take an education course in a modern American university, or as I did in a, in a seminary, you get um, uh, Piaget's levels of understanding, or the idea that, that the human mind uh, progresses at a certain pace, and that children slowly develop abstract reasoning and so forth. And, and all of that is true enough. But what Piaget did with that is he brought in this this fetish into a modern Western uh, civilization and education of teaching people at their level. And so now you'll hear, you know, well, kids just can't understand the catechism. Kids just can't understand those hymns or that liturgy. We've got to reach them at their level. Well, if you've ever heard anybody in the church talk that way, um, that also gets talked about in American education. And, and uh, so they take that kernel of truth that a young mind develops slowly, and they say, so we've got to reach them at their level, and just as in the church... That means we get dumbed-down hymns, dumbed-down preaching, dumbed-down liturgy. Well, that's what's happened in uh, Western education, isn't it? As opposed to the, the classical model, which is always, you're always stretching people beyond where they are so that they can learn new things. Think about the way human beings learn language. We don't wait for children to understand English before we start talking English to them. They learn to speak English uh, by listening to people speak good English. In the same way, uh, classical education uh, really encourages you to grab kids when they're at that spongy age, uh, when they just are absorbing facts. Get the facts into them. Later on, uh, then that's the skeleton. Then later on, you can put flesh on those bones. And uh, Jocelyn could tell you more about what that means when she talks about uh, the trivium, but we don't wait for children to... Uh, to, to reach some abstract level of reasoning before we teach them uh, the solid things they need to know. We teach them the solid things they need to know, and then we teach them how to think about them, put flesh on those bones as time goes on. Real quickly, uh, Pastor Curtis, was there a shift, just to speak of it kind of anthropologically, uh, there's a certain anthropology, uh, theological anthropology, in the Christian worldview, that man has fallen, that the world has fallen. Uh, that presents an entire 
a complex of, of challenges that, that education would have to meet. Did the, did the change in the educational model bring with it a different anthropology, too? Oh, certainly. Uh, Eric Erickson is the other big name in this, and, and all those guys start with either a blank slate theory of humanity that, that mankind, are, you're born neutral and that you can be changed by your environment, or that we're born positively good. And this is actually a very, very ancient uh, manner of thinking. This is where Socrates invents the word uh, education, which means to draw out that uh, everything you need to know is really inside of you, and an educator's job is just to lead you on this path where you're going to magically learn all this stuff. The Christian world rejected that, said, no, mankind has fallen. He needs to be filled up with uh, the Word of God. He needs to learn how to reason and how to think. And so, uh, yeah, that is a, a different aspect than what I was talking about previously, but that's the twin aspect that goes with these levels of understanding, is that Mankind is not fallen. Mankind is neutral or even better than neutral. And we just need uh, to kind of form him along the way as opposed to pump him full of the truth and teach him to repent and, and reason uh, as God would have us. So let's talk a bit, Jocelyn, if, if we could, in just kind of terms of the pedagogy. You mentioned the trivium. Take us through that model that is that is kind of the... Uh, for lack of a better word, framework for whatever subject is being taught, whatever um, sphere of knowledge is being addressed. Absolutely. The, the trivium, as I had mentioned before, um, is made up of grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Um, and as Pastor Curtis had, had mentioned, um, the grammar stage, um, that's where um, we, we capture students at that, that sponge stage. Um, the, the, the facts of, of not, if you're in math, um, you're learning the multiplication tables. Um, if you are in, um, if you're in history, you're learning dates, you're learning um, the names of people. Um, we, uh, from the grammar stage, then we progress to the logic stage, um, and and there um, we're learning to to process those that that grammar that we've learned. Um, we're learning to formulate our ideas, um, but it, it's not until necessarily the rhetoric stage then that we're able to effectively express those ideas, um, whether that be in writing or in speaking. Um, and and a lot of times we we almost look at the rhetoric stage as the the argumentative stage where we're able to to express our ideas in such a way to to effectively and um, and efficiently communicate with with people. And the beauty of the trivium is that it's not um, something that um, that you're necessarily learning in, in as I mentioned before in a silo. Um, the trivium. Uh, go it it extends beyond um, a, a subject area. In fact, it brings all of the subject areas together. If I'm if I'm studying math, um, that is that is part of my my logic uh, training. If I'm studying history, that's part of my 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 grammar training or my logic training. And in reality, um, though we progress uh, chronologically for, to a certain extent through the different stages of the trivium, um, as we are learning. Um, as as young people, and and as as older people, um, we we still maintain that cycle of the trivium. 
Um, when we learn, we start with the grammar. We, we progress to the logic, and then we, we continue to the rhetoric, regardless of subject uh, matter. And so it's, it's a good thing to think about um, classical education, not so much in terms of, of a subject area, but more so um, in, in terms of uh, more so in terms of, of the quotes that we use in order to be able to learn. We'll take a break. When we come back, more with Pastor Heath Curtis and Jocelyn Benson. We're talking about classical education on this Monday afternoon, May the 28th. What makes Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church in Freeburg, Illinois, so special? Our new members talk about the family atmosphere, the welcoming people, and the outstanding music. But most importantly, you'll be confronted with your sin and comforted with the assurance that Jesus has removed that sin so that you can live each day as his baptized and forgiven child. Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church is at 612 North State Street in Freeburg, Illinois. Sunday worship is at 9 a.m., Sunday school and Bible classes at 1020 a.m. Call 618-539-5664. What happens when you take solid doctrine and solid curriculum and combine them with ancient scholars and modern technology? You get Wittenberg Academy, the very first completely online classical Lutheran high school. We are unabashedly Lutheran, and offer families a rigorous standard of academic excellence. Students can pick and choose classes, or they can utilize our entire curriculum for their high school education. Visit our website, wittenbergacademy.org, to find out more. Talk radio for the thinking Christian. You're listening to Issues Etc. We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes. Dedicated customer service and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House. Listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House. cph.org. Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. Your church can support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. by joining the Issues Etc. 300. We're looking for 300 congregations to include $1,000 in their mission or advertising budgets. Find out more about the Issues Etc. 300 on the support page of our website, issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Download the flyer and present it to your congregation today. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Heath Curtis and Jocelyn Benson are with us for this first hour on this Monday afternoon. We're talking about classical Christian education. Jocelyn, you've mentioned something twice here that I'd like you to, uh, to explain a little deeper. Um, you, you've contrasted kind of the, the general tool, I think that's what you were saying going into the break, the general tool approach of the trivium uh, with what you've called a siloed way of thinking about things. What do you mean by that? Well, when I when I speak of a siloed way of thinking of things, uh, many times in, in modern education we think of subject areas. Um, we think of English and math and history um, and science as as separate things that students need 
need to learn those separate things. Um, but when you when you enter into a trivium, uh, in, into a classical um, mindset of, of education, a classical model of teaching, um, those things aren't siloed anymore. Um, we don't view science as separate from math or as separate from English or as separate from um, history. We see all of those things as working together um, and, and thus we need tools to be able to, to bring those things together and see the relationships be, between them. Um, that, that, I believe, would be the, the simplest way to, to explain um, a, a siloed view of thinking. Uh, Pastor Curtis, um, there's also a, a component here that is one of the things, probably the biggest hurdle that many people first encounter in classical education may find, and that is there's a language component. Not only our, our own uh, native language, whatever it may be, but very often there's Latin and Greek tossed in there too. Why in the world would we be trying to teach children, and sometimes from a very tender age, uh, two, well, what many people regard as two dead languages? Right. Uh, several reasons. Uh, first and foremost, it, uh, when you have to delve into a language like Latin or Greek, um, you are simply forced to learn English. Just piggybacking on what Jocelyn said about none of these things truly being separate from the other, the learning of Latin uh, for the last you know, 1,500 years in Western uh, civilization is really how you learned your own language. You learned how your own language works by learning uh, the rigorous forms and uh, a manner in which Latin works. And so that's one reason. Another reason for the chief reason for Christians is because Latin is the language of the Western Church. When Martin Luther wrote his 95 theses, he wrote them in Latin. When Luther, uh, Luther's sermons, I just finished translating a couple sermons for the next edition of Luther's works, and I've got another one to translate. Uh, the, these editions are in Latin just as often as they are in German. When Luther sat around uh, his uh, table at home, uh, he would go in and out of German and Latin as he spoke uh, to the students. And uh, this provides also an international language for the church. And uh, the Latin, once you learn Latin, you're halfway to learning any of the Romance languages, French, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese. Um, and uh, Greek, of course, uh, on the other hand, gives you access to the Greek classics, including the New Testament. And so these have been seen as uh, the basic building blocks of any educated person. Into the early 20th century, a command of Greek and Latin was seen as being just as important as a basic command of history or of mathematics or of the sciences because it opens up uh, new worlds of understanding. Uh, the, the great uh, uh, American scholar and thinker of the mid-20th century, Albert J. Nock, uh, developed a system of education that, that he thought would would work best and uh, for for producing citizens capable of uh, capable of self rule capable of uh, leading a society in the direction it should go and all he said should be math up to calculus and Latin and Greek he said this is all I would teach people then have them read the entire corpus of classical works and uh, you find all of uh, human history. Um, it, it, as uh, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. All the political arguments we're having today about how far we want to take socialism 
in the context of a democracy where everyone can vote, all these, uh, uh, that discussion's already been had uh, in the rise of Julius Caesar to power and how Cicero uh, worked against him and then how eventually uh, uh, Octavian took over as Augustus. All of that's covered. If you have access to Latin and Greek, um, you suddenly have a much deeper understanding of history as well. Um, I'd like you to talk, uh, Jocelyn, about uh, something you were verging on before, and that is, to kind of put it simply, the way I often explain this to, to people who are interested in classical education is I, I explain it kind of the way I did in our open. We're trying to teach people how to think. Um, to best use their God-given reason, obviously, in a ministerial sense, to Holy Scripture, but how to think. Nowadays, the term is critical thinking, because I guess ordinary thinking just doesn't do anymore. Talk about teaching children on into adulthood how to rightly think. There is a right and a wrong way to think. Absolutely. Well, as, as, as we've been speaking, one, one thing that, that has come to mind is um, the exhortation in Scripture to always be prepared to give an answer. And in order to prepare to give an answer, um, to be prepared uh, to give an answer, we need to know how to express our thinking. In order to know how to express our thinking, we need to be able to process that thinking so that we know exactly what we are thinking. Um, and, and to know what we are thinking, we need to have facts. We need to be able to um, work through that. So if, if, you've, if you've gone through that, that process backwards, you've noticed that I've taken us through the, the trivium backwards, um, rhetoric, logic, then, then grammar. And, and essentially what we are doing through that process, if, if that just becomes the way that we deal with all of life, um, then, then we're able to, to think through an argument and express that argument. But as, as we know, arguments aren't just made up of, of talking points. We don't um, express ourselves uh, effectively um, and, and in a way that, that we can be countered and then counter back. Uh, we, we aren't able to do that if we aren't able to think. Um, if we aren't able to take a body of facts, a body of knowledge that we have, have learned and absorbed and, and have made part of, of, of what we are, we aren't able to express that if that's not the case. Um, we aren't able to, to um, effectively engage in discourse with, with others. Um, we, are, we're, we become most comfortable just staying um, within a, a group of like-minded people, and we're n- never able to, to progress beyond that to people who might challenge the way we think and the way we believe. Um, and if, if we're able to think, if we're able to take, uh, take uh, a, a group of facts, a group of uh, a base knowledge, and process that and then express that, um, we're, we're able to think and, and share and, and grow not only in what we know, but, but in what others know as, as well. Okay, I want you to pick up on that, if you would, Heath, because, um, and I'll just kind of approach this anecdotally, if I could. Um, with, the, with the rise of social media, people have an opportunity to argue a lot more than they used to. Uh, we can do it in our pajamas now without ever having to leave the living room. And, uh, and so uh, in, the, in the circles of, uh, of Lutheran pastors that I run in, um, it's not unusual, usually on a daily basis, for some kind of uh, online debate to break out over 
any number of subjects. And one thing I have noticed, and I've been guilty of it myself, but I've noticed, and that is even among our fellow pastors who are perhaps some of the best educated clergy, um, at least in the United States, I would hope, uh, the inability to think, the propensity to simply emote, uh, ill-formed opinions, the, un- the inability to defend one's position after, they've, after you've taken it and painted yourself into a corner is, is shocking to me. Uh, it actually worries me. Um, especially when I find it in myself. Talk about the need for uh, not only the clergy, but Christians in general, to be able to do this most basic of, Christian, of, uh, of human functions. Yeah, we really have been uh, done in by our lack of any kind of uh, what would have passed 100 years ago for, for an, even a basic education. Uh, this has really come home to me as uh, I'm currently also serving as an assistant editor for Concordia Publishing House's work in bringing uh, the works of John Gerhardt, uh, the great Lutheran, Lutheran theologian of the 17th century, bringing those into English. And uh, I'm not only struck by the vast amount of knowledge he has, the, the facts he knows, um, his ability to quote uh, church fathers, um, seemingly a world without end, amen. He's just got all this at his command. But what is most striking is that for Johann Gerhard, who's active in the, in the middle quarter of the uh, early and mid-17th uh, century, is that he has a perfect command of formal logic. He knows uh, the uh, formal um, uh, inconsistencies and fallacies uh, in, in logic. And so he's going through and he's arguing his, his big bugaboo is the Roman Catholic apologist, uh, Bellarmine, and he'll point out that, okay, here Bellarmine is committing petitio principii, or here he's, he's uh, committing secundum quid. And he just he knows it all by shorthand. And everybody reading his work knows what all those things mean. And uh, here I am, supposedly you know, a highly educated Lutheran clergyman, a <laughs> couple different master's degrees. I'm having to look these things up. And so we are simply, um, uh, we have been wronged uh, by the last three or four generations of educators who have simply not taught us how to think. Uh, we don't learn formal logic in school anymore. At least I didn't in my uh, public school education in Nebraska and then in my uh, church education, both undergraduate and graduate. We'll take a break when we come back. Well, that explains why I feel so stupid when I read people from, well, anyone from more than 200 years ago. Stay with us. Issues Etc. relies on a small group of faithful supporters called the Issues Etc. Reformation Club. These people have pledged to become monthly or annual contributors to Issues Etc., and this allows us to budget our expenses more efficiently. Now, there are four levels of giving. The Confessor, $25 monthly or an annual gift of $250. The Apologist, $50 monthly or an annual gift of $500. The Reformer, $100 monthly or an annual gift of $1,000. And The Patron, $200 monthly or an annual gift of $2,000. Each Reformation Club member receives premiums like books, transcripts, and the I Have Issues t-shirt. You can join the Issues Etc. Reformation Club by contacting Craig. His email address, craig at issuesetc.org. Or you can call 618-223-8385. 
618-223-8385. The Issues Etc. Reformation Club. Wouldn't it be great if more of your fellow parishioners listened to Issues Etc.? Well, here's an easy way for you to publicize Issues Etc. at your church. Go to the support page of our website, issuesetc.org, and you'll find a short paragraph to include in your weekly church bulletin. Copy and paste the text for your church secretary or pastor to include each week in the Sunday bulletin. The bulletin blurb is updated weekly, issuesetc.org. Stay connected, issuesetc.org. Does your church need a full-time or backup organist? The virtual organist service from Church Music Solutions is genuine organ leadership using your instrument with your specific selections when you need it. You can try it out for free with our demo unit, which allows you and your members to hear and see the virtual organist without obligation and without a sales pitch. For more details, go to churchmusicsolutions.com. Educating a new generation of Lutherans. You're listening to Issues Etc. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, Executive Director of Life Issues Institute. If you haven't seen the viral video of Lacey and her son Christian, you're missing the boat. Lacey's son was born with a rare condition that caused a deformity of his mouth and he had no eyes. In the video, using just her iPhone, Lacey held up pieces of paper and pictures to tell her story. Her facial expression said more than anything. All the while, Christian lay against her shoulder, face away from the camera. In the end, Lacey turned him around. The video's been seen by about 10 million people around the world, and it's changed the hearts and minds of many on abortion. God's used this response to help Lacey, too. If you'd like to see it, visit today's broadcast link at lifeissues.org. Lacey showed us God can bless us beyond our wildest imagination. For more information, visit our website at lifeissues.org. And stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Welcome back. We're talking about classical Christian education on issues, etc. This Monday afternoon, I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Heath Curtis is our guest. He's pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Warden, Illinois, and Zion Lutheran Church in Carpenter, Illinois. He's Latin and Greek teacher for Wittenberg Academy. Jocelyn Benson, also with us, is head teacher for Wittenberg Academy. Jocelyn, before we go on, tell us a little bit about Wittenberg Academy. Well, Wittenberg Academy is the first completely online uh, classical Lutheran high school. Um, We have uh, several different opportunities for uh, families to partner with us. we uh, can partner with homeschool families. They can choose to take their entire uh, curriculum with us, their entire high school education with us, um, or they can pick and choose classes a la carte to, to fit in with the, the curriculum that they have uh, designed for their own own families. Another opportunity um, is also if, if public school students would like to uh, bolster their, their, the education they're receiving um, and, and maybe take Latin or, or take a music class. Um, or, or take an advanced calculus class that perhaps their, their schools aren't offering. And finally, uh, another opportunity that, that we're also excited about is the, the possibility of, of allowing uh, current brick-and-mortar K-8 schools to partner with us to extend 
their um, their Lutheran education for their students uh, through high school. Um, they would still have the building, but now they would have um, all of the teachers without having to incur the extra cost of hiring um, all of all of the teachers that they would need for the different subject areas. Um, we're we're unabashedly Lutheran in our delivery of of classical Lutheran education, and uh, we are excited to partner with families um, to provide them uh, learning that that meets a need that, as we've discussed um, previously already, that that exists um, very very noticeably um, in in education today. Folks, you can find out more about Wittenberg Academy at our website issuesetc.org. Click listen on demand. Pastor Curtis, I want you to respond to some uh, possible criticism or questions that that, uh, people may have. I think the basic one that people might have is, look, the world has simply changed too much. This is going to—it's a great idea. God love you for trying it, but it's, it's essentially anachronistic. You're trying to do something that simply can't be done given the state of affairs in education today and given the fact that you know kids are going to uh, be conditioned more by their culture with a lack of attention span and things like that. How do you respond to the anachronistic uh, uh, criticism there? Uh, repent. Uh, get, get your children away from that uh, wretched culture that's been developed by people who are uh, basically against the church and everything it stands for. Get your kids out of government schools and uh, and you'll find that uh, their attention spans lengthen. You'll find that they learn better. You'll find that they'll be uh, better behaved. Uh, you know, parents really have to, especially parents in the church, especially Lutheran parents, need to take the bull by the horns and quit sending their kids to government schools. You know, it's fascinating. We all will all sit around uh, the table and joke about the DMV. Nobody likes to go to the Department of Motor Vehicles. They're rude. It's a long line. You don't get good service. Well, that's government bureaucratic service. Uh, what do we expect when we put, uh, you know, that kind of edu- when those same folks in charge of education? There are wonderful teachers in public education. You know, people in my congregation um, are public school teachers. They're wonderful Christians. Go and talk to them sometime about the hoops they have to jump through, about how they are prevented not only from teaching people Christianity, uh, but teaching people uh, the very basic morality that they need to know. Uh, I think that, that public education continues to stand is simply due to these, that this salt and light from the church who continue to prop it up. Um, if, if you are but if you do not have access, if you have access to a Lutheran school, make use of that. Make the sacrifices you need to get your kids in your local Lutheran school. If you don't have a lo- local Lutheran high school, or if you are involved in a local Lutheran high school and want to expand what you can offer, get your kids into Wittenberg Academy. Um, you know, uh, stop complaining and saying that this can't be changed and start doing something about it. Let's talk curriculum, if we could. I think that's what people are wondering in matter of detail here, Jocelyn. What does the—I mean, I don't, know, I don't have a better word for it, but what does the general curriculum going to look like um, from age to age for kids in classical education? Absolutely. Um, 
in in Whitmer Academy, um, we are going to be offering um, obviously the trivium. Um, we will be offering grammar classes and logic classes and rhetoric classes, um, and then. Uh, through all of our classes that we offer, um, that that trivium will will repeat itself um, as the, as students gain those those tools, um, they will be be able to apply them um, in their learning of um, the the Paideia courses. Um, Paideia our our Paideia courses combine um, literature, history, and theology um, in such a way that um, students will be able to learn um, and and gain facts. Um, and then um, process those facts, and then then be able to express um, the, those those facts and those ideas um, in in their learning of of their theology. And we've set that course up in in particular to model um, to reflect the trivium. Um, the first two terms, and, and we're on a trimester um, schedule with Wittenberg Academy, um, the first two terms are a combination of the literature and history, and then the, the capstone third term um, in, in the school year will be the theology um, taught by a pastor. Um, and so the students will be able to take that body of, of knowledge that they have gained in the first two terms and then um, apply it and, and learn more and, and express that um, within their their learning of, of their theology, and I and I believe that that is what really um, is the difference in in Wittenberg Academy, um, the, the the Lutheran difference, the way we learn, um, why we learn it, um, baptism, vocation, catechesis. Um, those three things um, will flow through all of our classes, whether it's personal finance or theater or music or, or Latin or Greek or, or science, um, a psychology class. Um, we're just really excited um, that, that students will be able to, to gain knowledge um, and, and gain tools to learn further. Because really, um, when we speak of, of education, it's not necessarily the, the stuff that you learn. It's the tools that, that, you, that you gain in, in the midst of, of learning stuff so that your learning never ends. Because really, if, if our learning ends at the end of high school or if we go on to college and our learning ends, as, as God's people, um, I don't think that God ever calls us to, to stop learning. Um, and so those tools uh, are, are very, very vital um, as, we're, as we're learning. Pastor Curtis, um, we've talked about the trivium quite a bit. What about the remainder of the liberal arts? What role do they play in a, especially talking here about pre-college classical education? Yeah, and that's something that Wittenberg uh, Academy is, gonna, is especially going to help uh, the, the homeschooler with or uh, families that got their kids and that they want to support their local Lutheran high school, but they w- wish that there were more offerings or more individualized instruction. You know, that's what we're hoping to uh, really help with. So we're planning to go up, I, Justin can correct me if I'm wrong, but go up all the way through uh, you know, integral calculus and math. We want to have uh, history-level classes and English-level classes that are going to take you up through what would be uh, you know, AP level in a public school. Um, for Latin and Greek, um, I want to expand uh, uh, from just uh, you know, an intro to grammar course, that one-year course, to uh, an intro to reading prose, reading poetry, individualized courses on different authors, reading the New Testament in Greek. Uh, you know, we will be able to have uh, 
I mean, we're essentially unlimited in the in the number of faculty that we can bring in and have this expand so that people can fill those niches for their kids based on their interest, based on what they want to learn when they get to college. Um, you know, the, by by being able to do things online, uh, that is going to allow us to to really um, uh, be limitless. Uh, you know, we're only limited by the talent pool that's in uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, which is a great talent pool uh, to offer all kinds of courses to prepare uh, individual families' children uh, on the path uh, that they want to take. So you lay that foundation with the liberal arts, and then as you get toward the end of that high school uh, era, uh, you should already then be kind of keying in on specialized areas uh, you know, be- begin to specify, you know, the direction, you know, a young person wants to take with their life. With only about a minute here, Heath, uh, begin a response to kind of the the theological utility of classical education, that it is good for the church, and it's good for the Christian in their vocation serving their neighbor. With about a minute before we take a break, and we'll pick up on the other side. Uh, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Uh, that's what it says in the Scriptures. And the problems that we have in the church today are uh, caused by um, several generations now of all of us, as you and I confessed, of all of us receiving uh, subpar education. The Church can't thrive with just an educated clergy. Uh, I think we're proving that uh, today as we speak. Uh, The people who signed the Augsburg Confession uh, were not theologians. Uh, They were laymen. Uh, they, they were the, the various princes of Lutheran uh, municipalities and, uh, and other political units who uh, were concerned about what was being taught in the Church. They wanted it to line up with what the Scripture said, and they could know what the Scripture said because they knew how to think, they knew classical languages, they knew history. That's the kind of laity that we need uh, going forward in Lutheranism's future here in America. Pastor Heath Curtis and Jocelyn Benson are our guests. When we come back, 10 more minutes on this Monday afternoon, talking about classical Christian education. Thank you, Todd, and uh, thanks for everything you do. Pastor Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, on the value of issues, etc., You've done so much to teach so many people about uh, the depth of the gospel and to find joy in the, uh, the Christian life and experience. Educating a new generation of Lutherans. Issues, etc. Listen to what you want, when you want, at issuesetc.org. The 500th anniversary of the Lutheran Reformation is fast approaching. We have such a rich history as Lutherans, and many people don't realize that. The CLCC offers a seminar called Your Reformation Walk that teaches that rich heritage and helps you appreciate it. The CLCC also offers other seminars designed to help laity learn to appreciate what Lutherans believe, teach, and confess. So invite us to your church. Visit the CLCC.org and get details on scheduling a seminar for your church today. Smartest listeners in radio. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by joining the Issues Etc. 300. Resurrection Lutheran, Detroit, Michigan. Bethlehem Lutheran, Parma, Ohio. St. Paul's Lutheran, Lockport, Illinois. Faith Lutheran, Columbus, Indiana. Glory of Christ Lutheran, Plymouth, Minnesota. 
Good Shepherd Lutheran, Arnold, Missouri. Peace Lutheran, Sussex, Wisconsin. Our Redeemer Lutheran, Cedar Falls, Iowa. Zion Lutheran, Moberly, Missouri. And Elm Grove Lutheran, Elm Grove, Wisconsin. Find out how your church can support this worldwide outreach by including issues, etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to our website, issuesetc.org, and click support. When your congregation joins the Issues Etc. 300, we'll advertise your congregation on the radio, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal, issuesetc.org. Click support, the Issues Etc. 300. We're talking classical Christian education. Pastor Heath Curtis and Jocelyn Benson are our guests for another 10 minutes on this Monday afternoon. Pastor Curtis, it was, I think last week we, the church remembered uh, Bede the Venerable. I know you know a little bit about this character from English uh, Christian history. And one of the things that was noted in our conversation last week with uh, Dr. Bill Weinrich was that because he happened to kind of take up residence where there was a substantial library, he was, as a consequence, able to become one of the greatest Christian scholars of, of all time. And he stands with the likes of Luther and others. And nowadays, and I want you both to speak to this, uh, uh, Pastor Curtis first, nowadays I don't have to be in physical contact with the cl- a classical library someplace to do that. The technology permits me to have that um, at my fingertips. Uh, Pastor Curtis, talk about the kind of moment for classical education that's created by the technology. Yeah, as I was uh, saying beforehand, no matter where you live, you know, if, if you're listening to this broadcast on the Internet, um, well, you've got everything you need to hook up with Wittenberg Academy and get your kids the kind of education you wish you had had and that will set them up for uh, success in life and for usefulness uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, um, it, it's simply amazing. I've just started recording uh, my Latin lectures, and I've got all my, my textbooks are printed. Um, I kind of been prepping this year by tutoring another student online, uh, learning kind of learning how I want to approach, especially reading the classics with with people online. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, this is going to be great. I'm looking forward to it for my kids, for the kids of my congregation. Um, as you said, everybody has more access now uh, to these great works and great teachers than men like Luther or Bede ever could have had. The same question to you, Jocelyn. Talk about the, the moment for technology, how it is the technology supports classical education today. Absolutely. Speaking of access, um, we, we have um, congregations, we have uh, young Lutherans, uh, all across the United States, all across the world, um, and we've had the opportunity to to have conversations um, with some folks. Um, it, it's thinking about maybe uh, partnering with Wittenberg Academy folks that are in Africa that that don't have um, very uh, good internet access. Um, folks in in rural areas that maybe only have dial up um, internet. Um, one of the the things that that we are doing potentially differently um, than than a lot of online um, schools is that we are offering asynchronous classes, um, meaning that our classes are not live. There will be some classes that have some, some live 
portions, um, and, and students can make arrangements accordingly. Um, but even if you have just dial-up Internet, um, you can access our classes. Um, you, you can access a text, or you can access a lecture that's a video. You might just have to hit play and then hit pause and wait for it to render uh, before you can watch it. Um, but we... One of the the hallmarks of of um, of education um, and and access and if you look back in the history of of Lutheranism is 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 putting um, uh, learning into the hands of the people and that is really our desire and and technology we have we have just hit um, the the. the the right time, the right place, um, and, and being able to provide access um, to, to folks all across the country and, and all across the world. Um, also, with, with classical education and bringing that all together with, with technology, um, with, with especially asynchronous delivery, um, one of the things that, that we really want, um, as we've discussed before, we want students to be able to learn how to think, how to process. Um, and, and depth of processing is, is very important in, in learning. Um, you can, you can, um, memorize a bunch of facts, um, right before, right before a test or, um, sometimes with, uh, catechism class, you know, a kid would, would, um, hastily stuff a memory verse into his brain, um, be able to spit it out on a test and then the next day couldn't remember, um, what, what he had learned, um, had he in fact learned it, um, and that's one thing that the asynchronous delivery affords for students is that they are are forced in many ways um, to to process deeply. There isn't an immediate answer um, necessarily that they have to give, but they have to give a solid answer um, in discussions and, and whatnot. And then just jumping real quickly to another affordance of, of online um, uh, education and asynchronous delivery in, in particular is that we have students um, of all different ability levels. God has gifted them in different ways. Um, and we will be able to, differentiation is a big uh, word in, in education today. And if you want to differentiate um, and, and differentiate in a, a real way, not just on paper, um, asynchronous delivery is, is going to be able to afford that for you. Um, we can meet students where they are. Um, if you're a shy student and you wouldn't necessarily be the one that would always be raising your hand, you have just as much much of a voice as the student who is very comfortable um, raising his hand and, and giving an answer. And so basically we are, we are allowing students to be who they are and use the gifts that God has given them um, to the best of their ability um, as they go through um, their, their high school education. Pastor Curtis, we started by having you answer the question about how classical education uh, is the best model fitting with a general Christian worldview. Uh, Talk for for a few minutes, if you would, about how a classical model is the best that fits with the particularly Lutheran worldview and theology. Yeah, Lutheranism is self-consciously tied to the Scriptures, which means that we have a, a written text that we have to understand clearly and that we have to be able to reason from that text. You know, um, I mean, the, the classic example is the doctrine of the Trinity. There's no Bible verse that says God is three persons and one being. 
we have to be able to, to, to enunciate, to clearly teach many things in the Scriptures. We have to be able to take what the Scripture says very clearly and uh, consolidate that and put that together in our mind and then uh, articulate it. And so if you're going to be a biblical uh, church, a church that follows what the Scripture says, your people have to be equipped to think and to evaluate. We don't believe that God speaks through an infallible magisterium or a papacy who's going to magically solve all our problems and all our controversies. We believe that God has given us the Scriptures. That means we better be able to think. And this is ultimately toward the end of, uh, I'm trying to get at the Church's stake in this, this is toward the end of what we often pray for, that we live in faith toward God and in love toward, fervent love toward our neighbor, Pastor, uh, Pastor Curtis. Exactly. And uh, the chief way we, well, not the, I don't know if it's the chief way, but one of the ways we love our children is raising them in the Christian faith so that they can take uh, the next place in the church to pass that on to the next generation and so forth. And if, uh, if we in the Lutheran Church don't take charge of uh, teaching our children, if, if we shop that out to the world at large, to the government, uh, then we're going to reap the whirlwind. Uh, the cornerstone of Missouri Synod Lutheranism since its founding was, we'll teach our own children, thank you very much. We've especially lost that at the high school level, which is, I think is why it's so important for Wittenberg Academy to exist. Uh, but, but folks need to, uh, to realize that also at the primary grade level as well. Finally, Jocelyn, if you would, uh, someone listening to us has a freshman, and they're interested in enrolling in Wittenberg Academy. Walk us through it. What should they do? About a minute and a half. Well, um, you can head to our website, www.wittenbergacademy.org, and you can click on registration. Um, at that point, um, you can um, fill out a form and, and uh, uh, choose the classes that you would like. Um, we have course descriptions on our website as well. If you click um, on our curriculum, the curriculum link, um, right up at the top it says 2012-13 uh, course descriptions, and you can see all the descriptions for that. Um, if you have specific questions um, before or after you register, um, you can email me, Mrs. Benson, at wittenbergacademy.org. Um, one thing I would say to, to families who might be interested in partnering with Wittenberg Academy but haven't necessarily had a classical training in the past, um, we can work with you. Um, we have uh, grammar classes that will introduce you to the um, the, the trivium. Um, Pastor Curtis, in his, his Latin and Greek classes, um, will will begin to give you that foundation of, of Latin that will, will prepare you and, and um, perpetuate you uh, through your, your high school career and, and prepare you for, for the vocation um, and the, calling, the callings that, that God has for you. Folks, you can check out Wittenberg Academy under the Listen On Demand page at issuesetc.org. Pastor Heath Curtis is pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Warden, Illinois, and Zion Lutheran Church in Carpenter, Illinois. He's Latin and Greek teacher for Wittenberg Academy. And Jocelyn Benson is head teacher for Wittenberg Academy. Jocelyn, thanks for being our guest. Thanks for having me. And Heath, thank you again for your time. Always a good time, Todd. Thanks. In the next hour, we're going to talk with Dr. Arthur Just of Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, about the very first Pentecost. We have a trust, and uh, Luther is wise to remind Christian parents that the, that the trust that they have of their children is not just to clothe, feed, and house them. That 
he says, God could do without mother and father. Mother and father are given as substitutes, if you will, for God himself, who is never finished teaching his word, and he is never finished teaching his people what he would have them know. So Luther says, it is to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, which isn't only, strictly speaking, teaching them the catechism or taking them to church or to Bible class. It is a lifelong pursuit of education in the very best sense. And think about it this way. God has given your children a great gift of reason. It's not the only thing, but it's one of the things that separates us from the brutes, from the beasts. He didn't give that gift to them. He gave it to us as stewards of creation. And creation works best. God is served in faith and our neighbor in love best when we put that reason to its very best use. I'm Todd Wilkin. Stay tuned. Hour two of Issues Etc. in just five minutes. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Lutheran Public Radio, P.O. Box 912, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 912, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. If Issues Etc. refuses to scratch your itchy ears and scratches your old scabs instead and you love them for it, then Redeemer Lutheran Church is the church in Fort Wayne for you. The only real difference between Issues Etc. and Redeemer is that Todd and Jeff only talk about Jesus. We talk about Jesus, but we also put him into people's mouths. We drive off demons with water. We are the church, and yes... We serve Jello in the basement. Do you have a student finishing up eighth grade at a Lutheran school? Do you wish there were a Lutheran high school close to where you live so your student could continue going to a Lutheran school? What if there was an opportunity for high school students in public or Lutheran school to take classes like Latin, logic, and hard-hitting theology courses? Well, there is. It's called Wittenberg Academy, the first completely online classical Lutheran high school. Visit our website, wittenbergacademy.org, to find out more.